The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hi there, listeners. You are, of course, now listening to Very Loose Women. Thanks for tuning in. Tonight on the show, Emma and I have a very special guest, Bethany Rutter. Good evening, Bethany. Hello, Loose Women. And welcome to Sarah, who is engineering this evening. Hi, Sarah. Hi. And like every week, let's kick off the show with a gripe or a mini celebration. Emma, would you like to start? Actually, you know what? I want to start because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I think my gripe is going to be a side gripe to your your major gripe. I started a blog today called, I'm just plugging it here, My Sister hatestuff.wordpress.com and it's about my sister selling everything she owns on eBay and on Vinted, this other website that she uses Um, and she sells everything from like clothes that people, you know, can buy for say over 10 pounds to (laughs) extravagant (laughs) to today, like I posted on the blog she's selling for one pound a drawing of a horn (laughs) like a horn, like a musical instrument horn no, no, like (laughs) on a cow Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Georgia O'Keefe drew a lot of things like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's also an artist, and that is not part of her practice. So I don't know how she ended up as an owner of a horn drawing. She also like sold a little bowl of beads. I don't know a whole range of a little Paris key ring, like a little Eiffel Tower key ring. The thing about your sister is that she she seems to like accumulate a lot of junk, and she likes spreading that junk across to other people all the time. So like, I think I've not met her that many times, but maybe the second time I met her, she said, "Emma, you like junk." You like the awful things that no one wants. Here you go. And I kind of felt obliged to take things from like a box of pebbles that she'd carried from like, she brought on like a Eurostar from Paris. Yeah, but she no, when she moved house from Paris to, to come, they, those pebbles came to Crofton, where, like to the place where I live. And then they then went to where she now currently lives in London. Like those I pebbles think I have got been some pebbles. Everywhere. I got like very tiny samples of like men's shampoos. Like I got so much rubbish, but I just felt like I couldn't say no. And also she was right. I do like rubbish. So she's really good she's at right. making you take like I'm really strong now and I say no to her trying to give me random stuff. Um, but as a child, um, we had this thing called the from from fromage that involved her giving me lots of stuff. That it sounds, sounds like a nice thing. But also it just means that you have more junk to tidy up. That's true. It That's sounds true. like she dressed up as something cool. Yeah. yeah. Calling it from from fromage, which like <laughs> no one can argue with that. Right. Because it's but literally actually. so cool. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Have you got a gripe or a mini celebration, Bethany? Uh, My mini gripe is I really wanted a slush puppy yesterday and I discovered that even though there is physical slush puppy in the machines at the um, shop at Walthamstow Central Station, the machines are broken. So I was lured in by the promise of a slush puppy and I couldn't have one. So I had to buy smart water instead, which is my second favorite drink. My gripe there was like a mini gripe onto your gripe and I actually had a mini celebration. Yeah. of the day well I of the week, hear that. which is that, like for two days in a row now um, I've received pictures of like my friends and my mum uh, trying on different pairs of glasses because they're at the opticians and they want my opinion on their glasses so they send me like millions of whatsapps that is and so I just, nice exactly it's like that one one of my my number one favourite things is choosing glasses for people you do so, have like, exquisite glasses yeah. style yeah. Oh, thanks everyone yeah but, you do rock your glasses well thanks guys but yeah it was a real honour to receive like loads of cute like whatsapp snaps from my mum of like trying on different glasses oh, that's so, nice that was a celebration of the week for me on to our main topic which is speaking about Bethany my she, favourite <laughs> topic 
<laughs> just kidding. You work in social content at Navabi, which is a plus size fashion brand, but you also run a blog called Arched Eyebrow. You have called yourself someone who lives on the internet and DJs a bit on the side. And what, okay, so what I really want to talk about is this DJing. Um, I think that's why Emma and I first got into the idea of inviting you along on the show, because we were both um, keen on going to as many domo, as they were called, dancing on my own nights. I think back, it was it 2012? It was 2013, 2013. and 14. Okay. They, uh, were, they were the, the golden years. <laughs> it was this amazing night. We went in East London, I think. The, Resistance the ones, Gallery. Yeah. Yeah. We had our own little secret fan base and between us and then our friend Kay as well, who'd come along and we just really, really loved these nights. So we wanted to ask you lots of questions about it. Before we get on to that, can you pick a song given that we know about you through DJing? Yeah. What would you so, like to play? Um, I named my first club night after the Robin song Dancing on My Own, but then I started a kind of more low-key secondary club night after Dancing on My Own finished that was named after one of my all-time favourite songs, which is Slippery People by Talking Heads. <laughs> gets us on to this key topic domo can you tell us how it came about i love music i love thinking about music playing music curating little playlists um when i was a teenager i thought a natural job for me would be a dj but you have to be cool to be a dj and i'm not cool um so i put that idea out of my head until um a few years ago when my good for nothing ex-boyfriend um the only good thing he contributed to the world was saying, maybe we should start a club night. And I still to this day do not know why he had that idea. But I was like, yeah, we should. And that's literally all it took was him being like, we should do that. I use we very loosely. He carried my bags and I did everything else. So that was the origin of Domo was I just needed one person to to suggest it to me. And it happened. And what, what kind of niche were you setting out to fill or were you just like oh just play music and see what happens it was literally play music I like so um just before I started just before the first night I messaged um the bops who run Unskinny Bop and I can't remember if it was Ruth or Tamsin who gave me the best advice that I've ever had for DJing that I have stuck to ever since which was only play songs you like um, people will request random stuff and just stick to your guns and whatever you think is the right thing to do, just play that. Um, so, yeah, I just thought whatever I play, either people like it or they don't, but at least I'm doing what I want. Sarah, who also DJs, was nodding along to that, so I feel there's some... Um, Kinship. Yeah. So you say that you pick songs that you like, but I, I found when I went to those nights that they were... Well, one, also songs that I liked, but they were of a particular genre sometimes, indie, uh, rock, maybe some new wave. Is that just because it's music you like or are you looking into music in specific areas? Um, I used a certain kind of logic to dictate the structure of the night. So I'd have kind of like not super upbeat, dancey, but indie-ish, new wave, post-punk, whatever songs that I liked for the first hour two hours then I'd move into like 90s R&B or more contemporary female pop music um Lady Gaga Rihanna whatever and then 
that would be like the peak of the night and that's when everyone would be dancing and then I'd try and like reel it back in for the last hour where I would get people still dancing but like in a more chill way to maybe nostalgic things that they remembered from their childhood or yeah I don't know some more the similar stuff from the beginning stuff you don't want to heavy dance to but like you're like oh yeah banger banger after banger oh bangers that's gonna lead me nicely to my question about clangers (laughs) (laughs) but before I ask that actually I just wanted to know so you're saying people request stuff and obviously you kind of use your own discretion at that but what was the most requested kind of songs you were getting when Beyonce's self-titled album came out that I just couldn't play in like people just wanted basically to hear the whole album (laughs) Um, And I like Beyonce, but I did not think that there were many songs you could dance to on that album. So I was always a bit reluctant to play them. But I would play Drunk in Love because I want to give people what they want. And it's a sexy song. Um, And on to my clangers question, then, have you ever played a real clanger that you thought was going to be a big hit and everyone's going to go wild for? And actually, it just like totally emptied the dance floor. This has literally never happened to me. Oh, (laughs) do you test drive your playlists beforehand and like boogie in your room? Are you just like, oh, this will work? It's no, fine. I just, I'm very like spur of the moment. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's on the, wait, are you like on Spotify thinking of the next song? Yeah, kind of, because Whoa. I have to respond to what people are into. Oh. So yeah. Um, oh, wait, so it wasn't a clanger, but there's one song that I'm a massive cheerleader for that is very divisive. I don't know how you feel about this song. People were either like, oh my God, yeah, or oh my God, why the hell are you playing that? Butterfly by Crazy Town. Oh my God, of course. Thank you. Let's let's do a vote in the studio. I don't know this song. No. I don't know what song this is. I can't sing it for you um, because I would then have to die of shame. um, (laughs) Yeah, I would be embarrassed to karaoke that one. But I would definitely dance to it. Oh yeah, 100%. Sarah's saying no and I'm abstaining. Oh my gosh. Because I'm poorly informed. Exactly as you predicted. Yep. Um, (laughs) It's very dumb. So yeah, that's my answer. Not a clanger, a banger. Whenever we went, you basically had to arrive by like 9pm or you just wouldn't get in. Why do you think it was so popular? I genuinely don't know. To this day, I don't know. It must have just been, it turned up at the right time when there was this big emerging kind of queer consciousness something. There was just something that was lacking in the London queer scene. Maybe, I really, I genuinely don't know. I don't know why it was so popular. And its popularity in the end was its downfall. But it was fun while it lasted. You said it stopped. Obviously, we were aware that it stopped. Where do you think is a good place for similar queer-friendly nights with also super danceable music now? Uh, My good friend Vanessa runs a night called Pillow Queen. And great timing, there is a Pillow Queen this Friday night. As far as I know, and please check the Facebook event or Twitter at Be My Pillow Queen. Um, as far as I know, it's at Hackney Attic. Not sure what time it starts, but um, Vanessa is great, and I fully support all of her musical endeavours. So I'm saying Pillow Queen. And what what would you say are the two best things to have come out of your DJing? The reason that you're asking it in that way is because we've already discussed this. This <laughs> yeah, isn't just me thinking of stuff <laughs> off the top of my head. And um, so one was I was asked to DJ in Philadelphia and I was flown to Philadelphia and had all my travel and hotels and whatever paid for, given money that I then spent on makeup rather than food, because who wouldn't, through, actually through someone who came to Domo and she thought I was a good DJ. And then when she was trying to book someone for the LGBT network party for the business school at UPenn, she was like, you, you come. And that's what I did. But the other thing that came out of DJing is you get asked on so many dates. It makes you like the most popular person in the whole world. Yeah, I met so many babes through DJing. So I wanted to ask Sarah, would you say that this is true? 
Have you had a similar experience? No. Although I did meet my husband that way when we got married, but that's a long time ago now and that's since over. So um... uh, We're going to move on to talking about so what you've done outside of your DJing. So when so Emma and I started going to these nights and uh, then I started following you on Twitter and I found out about your blogging and your writing and came across your blog, Arched Eyebrows. So I was wondering how that blog came about and how you got into, into writing. It's kind of similar now that I think of it to how Domo started, which was... Um, your boyfriend carried your bags. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, he didn't even exist then, so that's cool. In 2010, I lived in Montreal for a year and I moved with one suitcase and it was like the most functional clothing. And I spent the whole year being increasingly frustrated that I was dressing to cope with the weather, which is either extremely hot or extremely cold. And I couldn't wear what I wanted. And I just didn't own that many clothes because I'd left all my clothes in England. And it was at the same time that I started reading a lot of plus size fashion blogs. And I showed one to my friend Mariana. Um, I think it was probably Nicolette Mason's blog because it's my favorite And Mariana was like, you know, you could do that. Like when you get back to England, you've got loads of clothes. Like there's no reason why you couldn't have a blog. And I was like, maybe you're right. Maybe I could. And that's what I did. So I got back from Montreal in like June 2011. And my blog started in June 2011. Now that I was reunited with my wardrobe rather than just like long sleeve thermal tops. I don't know. I've kind of always wanted to go to Montreal, but you're making it sound a lot less appealing. It's literally the best place in the world. Oh, see, um, that's what I thought. It, yeah, yeah, it's literally 100% my mm-hmm. favourite place in the whole world. And I'd live there again in a heartbeat. But yeah, it was because I could only take one suitcase because I was only going for a year. So I didn't have all my good stuff. Uh, what has come out of your blog? Where has it taken you? I got my job. That's a cool thing. Yeah, I work at a plus size fashion brand and I actually got that because my now boss followed me on Twitter because of my blog. And I was just tweeting, boohoo, hate my job, who wants to give me a job? And he was like, I'll give you a job. So bless him. And go Twitter too. Yeah, also I, the power of Twitter. I'm inspired to get a Twitter account based on that story alone. Yeah, just, also you just say into, the, into Twitter like a thing that you want. Like, I want this lipstick slush or puppy. I want this job or I want mm. a slush puppy. And someone will just give it to you. Did your boss go to Domo Nights? <laughs> no, no, no. What I've looked at again is with my question here, I've written clangor again. But so like, obviously you kind of record the outfits you wear. Do you ever look back? Because, you know, whenever we wear outfits, they can be as awful as we want and like no one will ever know we'll never see them again. But obviously yours are kind of documented. Do you ever look back and think like, oh, I wish I hadn't worn that? Or do you feel happy with all your choices still? I feel very happy with all my choices. And I also think we're living in like, I know everyone probably thinks this at any point in history but I feel like we're really living in a golden age of good taste and I hope that like even in like 10 or 15 years when we look back on stuff we were wearing now we'll feel happy about it but I'm sure everyone thinks that I think there's a scene in I think it's dazed and confused where someone at one of their like beer parties says that every other decade is the fashionable one so like we have to be in the fashionable 60s were great 70s were bad 80s were great 90s were bad and then 2000s were great. And they then weren't 2010s. Could have been the other way around, but it's every other. I, yeah. can't, I can't remember which order it went in. 2000s was bad for a fashion, yeah, like, I think. I don't know. I mean, all these people are extremely cool, but the kind of like Paris Hilton, like asymmetric bias cut dresses, like weird chunky hobo, boho belts and like... There's just like Diamante everywhere. Yeah, Diamante everywhere, Juicy Couture tracksuits, which like in some combinations can be really cool, but like as an overall picture, I think is a bad picture. I can't really imagine like obviously now like 90s are kind of back and I see a lot of chokers and things, but I can't really, 
But I guess everyone always says, I can't really imagine a day when people were like, oh God, the 2000s, let's get back into those. I hope that never happens. It's probably going to happen. The 90s were awful though. I lived through the 90s and... You live to tell the tale. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like, do you feel then because people have seen what you're wearing all the time that you have to kind of wear different things that you can't wear the same outfit twice? Like today when we were meeting in the tube, I was like, that's Bethany. And I know because I just looked at your blog and I saw that ensemble that you're wearing now. I'm wearing an aubergine coloured Juno Rose jumpsuit from Navabi um, that was recently on my blog. So yeah, I feel like day to day life, I can wear what I want. And if I'm really into a certain top, I'll just wear that all week. But I wouldn't. I'd be very wary of posting an old thing on my blog, which I think is one of the problems with blogging is the pressure for newness, which is personally expensive, but also exclusionary. Because if you're someone that firstly can't afford to buy new stuff all the time and isn't sufficiently established that you've got brands who want to send you stuff, then you're in a bit of a bind. So, yeah, I think the pressure to always have something new is an issue. I think I I have that even with like if there's a friend that I only see like maybe like, I don't know, every two months or something, I often do think, is this, do I wear the same outfit every time I see them? Which is such a weird thing to think. And also, like, you would never really remember. No. But I often think, like, oh, I think I probably wore that with her before. She's going to think it's the only thing I own. The way around that is that, well, I feel like I've kind of got a uniform of my blue jeans and then my grey T-shirt. And today I didn't wear it because I knew that we were having a fashion blogger oh, on the show. that's so nice. Yeah, I also <laughs> thought I was wearing a nice You top. both look great. You <laughs> are you. very cool, attractive people. Thank That's you very why you're on the show to say that. Yep. Um, so I guess like with your blog, I'm kind of interested, what sort of story are you trying to tell, if you know what I mean? Like what are you trying to convey? That you can wear what you want and make choices based on clothes that make you feel good, that represent your personality, and that that isn't something that is only open to you if you are thin, is basically the long and the short of it. That mainstream magazines are not going to tell you that, but blogs can, and I will. I remember that at, at Domo, I can't remember if that was like an official line, but there was the term body positive night uh, being spoken about a lot. Does that tie into your blog as well? Is that something yeah. that you would say is in the messaging? I feel like body positivity is a very unfortunate thing because it has been really co-opted by mainstream media and brands and it's used more as like an advertising slogan now. And I think you need to be more specific about what bodies you think need to be liberated because like conventionally attractive, thin, white, cis, feminine bodies um, probably are getting enough good work done for them by the advertising industry. But if you do not fall into those groups, then it's nice to feel like someone has your back. So I would describe myself more specifically fat positive um and kind of i guess also your blog is kind of described as a fashion blog right yep. do you maybe want to talk about that and the word maybe in the use of the word fat because i think because i think it is kind of very loaded isn't it with like negative yeah. connotations like i don't think it's ever it's not often used in a positive way so how are you kind of going about reclaiming that word maybe yeah i feel like because it's used so overwhelmingly in a positive way among the people that I know and among bloggers, I forget that it is so kind of reviled in the rest of the world. But um, I'm just being realistic. Like a fat body can be fat and it can also be good. I think by using it descriptively rather than only letting it be used as an insult, you take some of the power out of it. And yeah, it's a word that I like. It makes sense for me. It makes more sense than curvy. Yeah, I'm very fond of the word fat. And if you want to follow your blog or I am your Twitter. Arched Eyebrow BR. BR stands for Bethany Rutter. Arched Eyebrow BR. Um, and that's where I'm most active. 
on Twitter. So also follow uh, Bethany on Twitter. So that is, I think, all we have time for today. Um, thanks so much, Bethany, for coming on the show. Thanks to Sarah for engineering. Thanks, Emma, for doing yeah, the no, show. You're with very me. welcome. Um, I think we've got a song to play us out. We right? do. So we're. Play- oh, do you want to introduce? I it? just. It's one of my favorites. So I was really excited oh, when I'm you so chose happy. this one. Um, yeah, it's a personal favorite. I'm a big Mariah fan. So yeah, I chose this song because it's a song I love playing when I DJ, and it's um, "Heartbreaker" by Mariah Carey featuring Jay Z. It's Before very difficult to karaoke it. along with. Let me just say, I can karaoke both parts. So how hard can it be? Okay, well we'll do that. <laughs> we, we won't we won't force the listeners into hearing that. But maybe we'll do that privately when uh, it's playing. Oh yeah, just before we play it, uh, follow at VLW Radio on Twitter. We have a Facebook group which is Very Loose Women revamped still, um, and we're on Acast, acast.com forward slash Very Loose Women. If you want to download our podcast, just search for us on iTunes. We upload our podcast for the Tuesday after we are broadcast. So thanks so much to everyone, and here is the Mariah Carey song that you're waiting for. Good evening. All right, let's go. Uh. Like this. You almost gotta watch it. Uh-huh.